This is Josh Sumby, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Drayton, North Dakota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Widespread beneficial rains fell across much of Argentina over the holiday weekend, with a few areas seeing as much as two to four inches. The bulk of the country, though, received only about a half to an inch and a half of rain. World Weather Incorporated says follow-up rains of significance are not expected through next Monday. Temperatures expected to climb into the mid to upper 90s and even low 100s, which will speed up evaporation and increase crop stress. The winter storm system still making its way through the Midwest. National Weather Service Aberdeen meteorologist Ryan Leake says freezing rain and snow are the biggest concerns for parts of Minnesota and South Dakota. So we've got a pretty strong low pressure system moving north, currently across eastern Nebraska and moving into Iowa. On the north side of that, we've got our uh, heavy precipitation in the form of freezing rain off into parts of Iowa and Minnesota, and then heavy snow back towards western Minnesota and northern Nebraska and uh, into South Dakota. That snow continues to shift north and west, and so we're expecting some accumulations of perhaps two to six inches or so across parts of northeastern South Dakota. And really that snow is going to continue through the rest of this afternoon and into this evening. Leake says South Dakota took the brunt of the snowfall. We've got 19 inches as of 7 this morning, four miles south of Fixstown. We've got a report of 22 inches as of 8 a.m., two miles north of Lake Andes. 20 inches as of 8.45 this morning, one mile south of Armour. Uh, we've got about 14 and a half in Ethan as of 6.15 this morning. And then over a little further east towards Sioux Falls, uh, 16 inches in Humboldt as of 9 a.m., 18 inches, three miles northeast of Crooks uh, as of 8.50 this morning. And I'm giving you the times because it's still snowing. These are not storm total amounts. When the windshield wiper barely keeps up with the heavy, wet snow coming down, you can still be grateful that you have a cab on the equipment you're using to blow snow from bunks before you feed. That's the mindset of Pete Bakken today while he works against Mother Nature at his feedlot and cow-calf operation in southwest Minnesota. Yeah, plowing snow, blowing bunks, doing those kinds of things, trying to keep the livestock fed on days like this. Uh, good people and uh, good equipment help make it a little bit more tolerable. If we were sitting out on the 4020 with the uh, heat hauser, we might be thinking a little bit differently. But uh, over the years, we're uh, fourth-generation farmers, so we've had opportunity to benefit from some of the things that uh, our dad has done to make things a little bit more palatable on days like these, like a heated shop and just a cab on a tractor, so that uh, helps out well. And All things considered, we're sitting pretty good with the way things look at the feedlot and the condition that the cows on a day like today, Bakken says they'll feed cattle more often and decrease rations as cattle hunker down and spend less time at the bunk to cut back on wasted feed. Basically this morning we're cutting the feedlot uh, ration in half. Uh, typically we feed twice a day. Today I think we'll feed three times a day. And like I said, the weatherman says by noon it's supposed to let up a little bit. It uh, has helped just the fact that the sun has come up or brightened up a little bit. Um, 
But anyway, some of those management things are things that we can do to the ultimate goal is to keep the cattle on feed and keep them comfortable. So that's what we're trying to do is stay on time with our feeding and um, we'll see what the rest of the day brings. Rugby livestock owner Cliff Madsen says following the holidays and recent winter weather, demand for feeder calves should pick up. You know, um, it was kind of, you know, our last good feeder run was on the 12th of December and um, we had that big snowstorm that hit um, the next day. So a lot of those feedlots down south, you know, they got hammered on pretty hard with a lot of snow along with us. So yeah, I think the demand, you know, it's, it's been a while since since uh, a lot of these sale barns have even had a decent feeder run. So I think that demand is going to be there. I think we'll we'll see the prices. There should be some, you know, some good prices for, for the next months to come. And Madsen is a bit disappointed that prices aren't better for producers. They're, they're definitely selling higher than they were a year ago, for sure. You know, we're looking at $100, $100 or better a calf than they were a year ago. Um, I, I still don't think we're where we need to be yet. I think uh, with the input costs, I think we need to be higher. And with the cattle numbers being down, I think we got potential for that to be higher, especially if that corn can uh, hold steady and, and kind of sit where it's at for the, for the feed. A lot of guys have got feed, you know, a lot of, a lot of hay, a lot of straw, but they, they just, you know, in, in corn silage, but uh, with supplementing corn or, or, or some other kind of grain commodity in their mix, it's getting to be kind of expensive. While parts of the Midwest experience yet another winter storm, USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says livestock fared pretty well during the extreme cold and winter storm over the holidays. I have not heard of any mass casualty events related to the storm or the cold outbreak. And I think that's really a testament to the effort that went into the protection of animals against this blizzard and the cold wave that followed. Crops in the southern plains, however, may have damage that is yet to be seen. Southern half of the plains was not as fortunate. We did see a dusting of snow in places like eastern Colorado through parts of Nebraska, Kansas, and even into Oklahoma. But because of the nature of the way that snow fell, it was very dry, powdery, and tended to blow off of fields in some cases. The overall insulating factor for winter wheat was not terribly impressive. And so there are some concerns, especially in those areas that either had no snow cover at all or it was blown away, that the poorly established crop could be susceptible to winter kill issues. Argentina farmers have sold nearly 79% of the 21 and 22 soybean crop. That's down 1% from the same point a year ago. Soybean sales spiked last month after the government restored a policy that allowed farmers to earn a preferential exchange rate. The Argentine government made the change to attract U.S. dollars. That policy is scheduled to end Friday. You can go to Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com. Sign up for the weekly FarmNet News newsletter. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. AgMarket.net market analyst Jacob Burks says the grains are under pressure to start the year. Welcome to the new year. Uh, you know, comes in uh, this morning looking at some weather stuff mostly out of South America. That was the big fear. You had three-day weekend. Uh, decent rains from what it sounds. I mean, you can depending on what report you look at and how detailed you look at it, uh, there was overall... Uh, you know, probably a little bit better than expected uh, in, in some parts of Argentina. Uh, but, you know, got good, good, decent rains. Now the forecast is for some drier. But, uh, you know, we talked a lot about this, you know, coming into the first of the year. 
Uh, you're probably seeing a little bit more of uh, some, some hedging from producers as well coming after the first of the year. And the livestock market's also starting out the year lower. You're seeing a, a dollar, dollar and a half lower across the feeder cattle complex. You're seeing a dollar lower in the fat cattle come across too. So, uh, you know, we talked a little bit uh, at the end of last year regarding Hey, you know, don't don't get overly uh, pessimistic if you see this market pull back a little bit going through the first year in the cattle. Uh, you know, so to see a little bit of a, a pullback here, I don't think it's the end of the world in the live cattle contract. We'll need to see this cash market uh, catch back up. But, uh, you know, from the packer standpoint, they're going to slow things down enough to where they can control things, get the, the box beef, keep the box beef uh, price, you know, stabilized. Uh, but right now we're a dollar lower across there, across the, uh, the, the dollar and a half across the hog complex as well. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending December 29th shows corn inspected for export at 667,000 metric tons. That's 28% less than the previous week and 12% less than the same week a year ago. Soybean inspections are at 1.5 million tons, are down 17% from the previous week and 9% below the same week last year. Weed inspections of 86,000 metric tons are 73% below the previous week and 63% less than the same week a year ago. For the marketing year, corn inspections are down 27% year over year. Soybean inspections are down 7% and wheat inspections are 3% less than last year. U.S. Senator John Thune of South Dakota was re-elected to both the Senate and to serve as whip, the second highest position in the Republican leadership for Congress. Senator Thune says his priorities include developing a farm bill that works for American farmers. It's a humbling experience to, to say the least. Uh, though many of the issues have changed over the years, the principles that guide my work have remained the same. Work hard, fight for what matters, and listen to my top advisors, which are the people of South Dakota. I'll continue to advocate for the issues that matter the most to South Dakotans and to ensure that our priorities receive the national attention and solutions that they deserve. Among these priorities is agriculture, which is the lifeblood of our state. The current Farm Bill is set to expire this September, and as a longtime member of the Agriculture Committee, I've had the opportunity to help draft four Farm Bills in the House and Senate. June says his priorities for the 2023 Farm Bill include tax barriers and new market access, among others. As we begin drafting the 2023 Farm Bill, it's critical to get feedback from South Dakota farmers and ranchers because it ultimately informs my priorities throughout this process. Working families also continue to be top of mind, especially as families' budgets are strained by higher prices month after month. I will continue working to protect families, small businesses, and farms from unnecessary tax hikes and burdensome regulations, and I'll continue to advocate for new market access opportunities. I'll also continue to fight for much-needed oversight and accountability of the unprecedented $80 billion that Democrats recently gave to the IRS in their partisan spending bill. American Farm Bureau Federation's annual convention and trade show kicks off this weekend in Puerto Rico. Minnesota Farm Bureau Federation Vice President Carolyn Olson says Minnesota has about 50 people heading to that convention. President Glessing is already on his way, and uh, others will be following shortly. Um, the actual uh, meeting is starting on uh, Saturday uh, with most activities and young farmer and rancher contestants. Minnesota does have a contestant in the Ag Innovations Challenge. So it's kind of like the Shark Tank for Farm Bureau. And he is from my county, uh, Lyon County down in southwest Minnesota. Brad Hennon has 
uh, something that he's come up with that uh, has made the top 10. So we're really excited to support Brad in that venture as well. The 2023 Commissioner's Noxious Weed Forum was held today in Bismarck. Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring named Jim Hennessy as a recipient of the 2023 Weed Control Partner Award. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. In the Red River Farm Network countdown of the top stories of the year, the expansion of the soybean processing business is ranked number four. Three soybean crush plants are in the works in North Dakota. Another dozen plants are under construction or proposed across the country. The Green Bison Soy Processing Plant at Spiritwood was the first North Dakota project announced this year. ADM and Marathon Oil have a joint venture to produce renewable diesel fuel at the Marathon Refinery in Dickinson. North Dakota soybean processors broke ground in August at Castleton. This is a joint venture between Minnesota soybean producers and Louisiana-based CGB Enterprises. Executive General Manager Jeremy Weller expects soybean meal to be shipped out of state. Initially, because there's not a lot of local markets for the soybean meal, there is some. There's a few elevators here and there, and, and with us located on the, on the BN and the RVW, we'll be able to um, you know, supply some of those local customers. But the majority, you know, we're, we're looking at Canada as being a, a big taker of the soybean meal. Also the PNW, obviously, with export. Uh, and then for us, um, mostly the south and, and, and southwest uh, U.S., including, uh, including Mexico. Late in the year, Epitome Energy announced it would be building its crush plant at Grand Forks. The same project was announced three years ago in Crookston. Epitome CEO Dennis Egan. When we explored options in North Dakota, um, and only 30 miles away from our current site, um, Grand Forks gave us a very clear path forward and uh, set some very clear expectations in terms of what the city of Grand Forks was going to do. We met with officials with the state of North Dakota, and they laid out a roadmap, and um, it just became evident that we needed to make the transition, and um, again, it wasn't an, an easy decision to make after spending the amount of time that we did pursuing the project in, in Crookston. Checking markets before we leave you, March wheat in Minneapolis is down 21 cents, Chicago down 17, Kansas City down 19, March corn's down 9, December down 5, March soybeans are down 33 cents, July beans down 31 cents. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. <laughs>